Hey everyone, my name is Sambal Siddiqui, Mayor of Cambridge. And I'm Alana Mallon, Vice Mayor, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We're here. We're here. We weren't here last week. Yeah. We're sorry. It was a holiday. It well, was. I'm okay. It was. Hey. <laughs> hey, Um. also, happy last day of the longest month of my entire life ever. Has <laughs> January been like 100,000 days? It's felt like that, and then also this week flew by, so I'm like, wait, oh, okay. wait. So I, I agree with you. And also, I'm, I, I want time to stop a little bit. Oh, okay. I just want January to be <laughs> over. Over. I'm just ready for it to be over. It hasn't been great, and I just want it to be over. We're heading into the best month of the year. Sumble's birthday month. My birthday month. It's Valentine's Day. Which it's, is everyone's favorite. Yes. Love is great. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Uh, hanging out with you. Oh, where are we going to go? Rebel. Is it <gasps> open yet? Oh, Oh, the no. new Rebel? Yeah. Um, where? Oh, yeah. So there's a new wine bar going in where Nomad was on Mass Ave, like almost in Porter Square. And it's the same people from Rebel Wine Bar. And they're going to have like live music. It's called, hold on. Can you think of it? Dear Annie. Okay. Dear Annie. But it's not open for a while. So No, no they just got their license, their liquor license this past week. Yeah. But anyways, they're going to have like live music. And then they're going to have rooms in the back where you can have like book clubs. And Love it. Fun Love it. community events. Because I guess that that Rebel Rebel, which is super tiny. So tiny. I think they only have like. 20 seats the one over at bow market yeah we tried to go for your birthday oh and we couldn't um but i guess people always try to like book it for community events like book clubs and like fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. activities and no go because there's no room yeah so they specifically built this awesome book. yeah i know i'm excited i love all these like mixed use things that are happening yeah the more the merrier like the bagel place that has live music at night in harvard square the black yes. sheep bagels like i think this is so cool I'm, i have to go there i haven't been i know oh they have good bagels also i was just saying i went to mamala's this morning they have delicious bagels they do they really do i'm glad it's not closer to my house i my favorite is i love this i love salmon on a bagel you do yeah you don't like salmon do you i like salmon i just don't like it with my bagel oh i love i know I so many it. people oh. do and cream cheese mm, girl oh, that's capers <laughs> I do not like the capers. Okay. No way. I Noted. like the onions. I anyway. won't get them for you for your birthday. Please don't. I was going to get you a big thing of capers. <laughs> that would be the worst present ever. <laughs> I'm um, totally doing it. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, we've, yeah, we had a, we had a lot of, we have a lot to say. Yeah. So we had a meeting this Monday night. It was a pretty full agenda for Monday. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, we did have a long, that last week was busy. We had MLK Day of service. Oh, that's right. Uh, helping hands. Uh, we had a ceremony in the church, the, the Peace Cambridge Peace Commission. We missed it. Congresswoman Ayana was there. She's, she's just the best. She was rocking her new look. Yes. I saw pictures. She looks like a... Amazing. Amazing. Boss. Goddess. Uh, so that was great. And then on Wednesday night, we both went to the 2020 EF Glo- Global Challenge. Global and local. Yep. Global. And we wanted to congratulate the participants the theme this year was water, water everywhere and not a drop to waste. How can Cambridge residents take action to address the global water crisis? So 11 teams competed to win the chance to implement local solutions that impact the global water crisis here in Cambridge. So 40 students pitched their ideas at the semifinals on the day before on the 21st and where four teams were chosen by experts from Cambridge and beyond to compete in the finals competition. So then all students then presented again to the public uh, on uh, January 22nd, where we were, and then one final team was chosen by the community to present. And the five finalist teams were then invited to then do a live studio to, 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 to perform in front of us and uh, give their presentation. Uh, and then there's expert judges as well at the finals. 
And then five finalists won the competition, earning paid internships and funding to implement their ideas. And then two teams won trips to travel on EF Tours STEM Tour to Panama and Costa Rica this June. Okay, it was such a great event. Yes. Um, The kids were awesome. Yes. All their ideas were really good. I want to go to Panama. Me too. There was the video of like the kids from yeah. last time going to Panama. And I was like, where do I sign how up do to we, be a chaperone? How do we do this? It looked so great. They're like in the rainforest, repelling, going through. The, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, bring me to Panama. Yes. So, the you know, these are our high school students and they're, they're simply amazing. And the fact that we have this type of program is great. It's a great public-private partnership. It was so funny too because that's like my... I don't know, fifth or sixth year yeah. I've been at the the award um, ceremony, but it's the first time that I've had a high schooler. So yeah. I saw some of his friends were there. Aww. And I was like, oh. This and they is- all did a great job. They did a great job. I could never have gotten up in front. I barely could say the like, same. <laughs> I was the f- like first person, like third, <laughs> second person to talk. And I was uh, like, uh, hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, and I was the last one to give away in the award. Everyone's like, shut up, lady. No, you did a great job. Everyone needs to know what is in that envelope. <laughs> anyway, okay, yeah, so that was um, that was Tuesday night? That was Wednesday night last Wednesday week. Wednesday night, I don't even know. Okay. What are the days? January, yeah. 117 years long. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so okay, so Monday night we had a city council meeting, and like I said, it was actually a pretty full agenda for January. One of the things was uh, we approved more than $1 million to start design improvements and repairs at um, several of our firehouses. So Lexington Avenue, Lafayette and Inman Square firehouses, and the River Street firehouse. So the city manager is expected to add another $9 million to complete those renovations as part of the fiscal 21 budget. Taylor Square firehouse, which is like in between Garden Street and, um, what is that, Concord? Concord, yeah. Oh, Garden? Huron? Sherman? Sherman. That's the one. It's Sherman. That's Taylor Square, in case that's I had to learn that myself. Um, and then <laughs> headquarters is next, which is going to cost around $25 million, although the city manager mentioned on Monday night that they're having trouble locating a spot to use during the renovation. I guess more on that later. And then the firehouse in East Cambridge um, on Cambridge Street had some significant upgrades last year, up, they updated HVAC, et cetera. And um, these capital improvements are in direct response to me going out on a ride along with the fire department early in the last term and touring a few firehouses and seeing that they were in pretty desperate need of repair. Um, Also, uh, Mayor Mark McGovern did a few firehouse uh, tours as well. And so together, we um, asked the city manager to put together a comprehensive capital plan for our aging firehouses that were in need of significant investments. So I'm glad that the city has kind of come through on that promise. I mean, they've really stepped up to the plate and made sure that our firehouses um, are getting updated. Yes, it's definitely needed. Uh, We also appropriated 46 thousand dollars for early voting for the 2020 presidential primary so which can't come fast enough oh my god please come now (laughs) voting is uh from monday february 24th to friday february 28th at the following locations only and you are not assigned to a polling location Uh, and if you're not assigned to a polling location you can just uh, do go to any of the following which is most convenient for you so the list is city hall basement the police department community room on sixth street the main library the cambridge water department over at fresh uh, Pond uh, Parkway, and then the O'Neill Library. And you can f- get a full schedule on CambridgeMA.gov uh, d- department slash election commission. Slash early voting. Yes. So Councillor Toomey uh, also introduced an order to ask DBW to clean our trash barrels more often as we switch over to Big Bellies. With a significant rat problem in East Cambridge, we should be looking at all the ways to ensure the streets and barrels are free of food. We've we've Those been are doing gross. nasty. They get so nasty. We've been doing you know similar things in North Cambridge area, 
to try to decrease the rodent population. Yeah, and, and just the, the trash. The trash and then in the summertime, they really oh. smell. They oh, smell yeah. smell really oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But those bil- the big bellies are really expensive. But I think the point that Tim, or Councilor Timmy, was trying to make on Monday night is like, okay, if we can't transition these over quickly, we have a rat problem. Like exactly. We need to have a, a more significant a significant cleaning plan. Rats, rats. We gotta, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I also filed the policy order on Monday night, co-sponsored by you and Councilors McGovern and Simmons, to look into a pilot of purchasing sensory bags for police vehicles uh, for interactions with residents on the autism spectrum disorder. So sensory bags are being used across the country by first responders to help calm residents who are in situations that require an emergency response. So what's in the bag in you know, these different places uh, vary, but sensory bags generally have items that can keep an individual's hands busy, reduce noise, help them communicate with first responders, like um, noise-canceling earmuffs or headphones, dry erase boards with markers um, for nonverbal communication, and stress balls, fidget toys, sunglasses, weighted blankets, things like that. So while we don't have the exact numbers of um, Cambridge residents who are on the autism spectrum disorder, we do know that over 200 children in the Cambridge public schools are on the ASD spectrum. So Cambridge police officers receive autism spectrum disorder training during their 40-hour crisis intervention training, but our officers have expressed interest in having the tools to go along with that training, especially in the family justice unit. So I'm excited about that. I think uh, any tools that we can give our police officers to help interactions with some of our vulnerable residents, yeah. um, whatever we can do. To, it's a, yeah. Yes. No, I think. It's, Why not do it? Yeah. No, I think I think they really appreciate you moving this forward. So thank you. Uh, we also file a policy order. This was exciting. Order. Yes, it was very like the exciting. most exciting thing that happened. Oh yeah. So along with uh, the new councillor, uh, Jeevan Sabrina Wheeler, to ask the city manager to look into the possibility of making one bus route fare free as a pilot. So big, making bus uh, routes free fare free is a growing movement, uh, with cities across the country going fare free. For example, the city of Lawrence, where I used to work as a legal aid attorney, Worcester and Boston are actively also considering fare-free routes as well. And lots of our residents rely on public transportation to commute to work, around 20%. And 250,000 rides on public transportation began or end in Cambridge each day. That's crazy. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is a tremendous opportunity here to pilot a program to increase the ridership as well as decrease costs for riders and get more residents using the bus as an alternative to driving. And so... Going fare-free does a few things. It addresses transit equity as well as our climate crisis. And for a low-income person, that 300, not a 300, it might as well be, the 340. No, it's $3.40. Uh, the $3.40 Yellow leather. for a round trip on the bus can make a big difference. And we heard from a member of the public, my friend Abra, on Monday night, who's a college professor, that said this would make a huge difference for her students who struggle financially to stay in school so really we should be looking at all ways to support our young people as they try to get the education they need to be successful and also we need to be addressing our climate crisis everywhere we can traffic congestion in massachusetts was just rated worse in the country and so if we're serious about combating and cutting emissions we need to be looking for every opportunity to get people out of their cars and into public transportation yeah and i'm i I feel like we talk about this a lot but we really need to be intentional about the intersection of climate justice and racial and economic justice when it comes to transit equity and with this pilot we have a real opportunity to work in hand in hand with maybe boston or another regional partner on this really regional issue um 
so we suggested a few routes that could work as a pilot. Um, the number one bus, which runs from Harvard Square to Dudley Square in Roxbury. A bus route, which was yep. famously highlighted by Congresswoman Presley during her election, um, would be the perfect place to pilot a fare-free route um, and do it in partnership with Boston. But we've also heard from members of the East Cambridge Business Association who felt feel like if the 69 bus which runs the length of Cambridge Street were fare free, it would move people from Harvard Square and East Cambridge to Inman Square and along that Cambridge Street corridor because it's not served by mass transit um, as well as our other squares are. And our local retailers would benefit greatly by the additional people visiting their establishment. Yeah, and if, when I think about the 16, we also added the 68 as a That's potential. correct, the, the one on, it goes the length of Broadway. Yeah, the 69 bus has been my bus and my family's bus. We So it's right on where the Roosevelt Towers are um, and then where Manning is. So it really, you know, you get... Um, Manning? Manning, um, no, the... the uh, Oh, that. Not the Manning Apartments. I'm sorry. The Miller, Miller River okay, Apartments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my dad has taken the 69 bus almost every day for maybe 25 years. Oh, really? Yeah, every day. He takes that and then get. he's never driven a car. My dad is the climate change person, guys. Oh, my God. So he's never driven a car <laughs> in the uh, ever. Does your mom drive? <laughs> my mom barely drives. Okay. So you drive her places? I she I gave her. She has the car now, but okay. I... Oof, bus so our family has relied on that bus okay and you use it to get to school probably I yeah we high school we, exactly my mom sometimes would drop us off but she could do that but uh yeah my that's our bus so if we can make a fare free I've just it'd be amazing um anyway while we're on the topic of the MBTA the city of Cambridge is partnering with the MBTA on their program to increase the availability of Charlie cards and I think we both co-sponsored this order we did although can I just yes I know can we we talk about this for a second yes it's a piece of plastic (laughs) I know that is not worth any it doesn't have any money on it no one's going to load any money on it it's taken us like six months to put it into one place that almost nobody goes to well I, think, I mean, okay, okay. I agree with you that lots of people go to CDD the third at floor. 344 Broadway in the third floor to access housing. And that, yes. that is a place where a lot of vulnerable people are. However, like, why couldn't we the next day just put them, like, with other things next to where you pay your water bill or where you get your resident parking permit? Right. Everyone in Cambridge has been to 344 Broadway on the first floor in the past month to get a resident. Anyone who has a car or wants a parking mm-hmm, pass. Mm-hmm. Wants to pay a bill. A I parking ticket. Ooh, you should see how passionate she is right now. I just had to take off. I just have a tank top on. took off her I was like, jacket. hot. <laughs> Thank God we're not on TV. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to update you on that and also agree with the vice mayor on this. Like, wait, what? It's like in one no location. One, yeah, yeah, it's not even like there's a cash register. No right. one's dealing with money. Right, they're Give literally, out the cards. They're literally Put them empty. in the library. Right, right. The senior center. And we all suggested that. We were like, hold up. Anyway, so more to come on that. And But this is just how long it takes to do things. It's uh, crazy. Well, so somebody did, the reason why I'm getting like kind of heated about this is because somebody on Twitter was like, oh yeah, good luck with a fare-free bus route. Like you couldn't even get like <laughs> plastic pieces of Charlie cards Collins. that have no money on them and there's no going to be money changing hands. Yeah, it I took know. eight months to do that. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little heated, Ooh. so it's actually a good um, impetus. Yes, for us to be really like really intentional. We get, we're gonna go to Lawrence. We're gonna get. Yeah, we're we're doing all. We're we're, yeah. we're motivated. We're motivated. So <laughs> I am I am sweating. <laughs> So last term, we also discussed a ban, which, wait till you hear her on this, guys. Just 
get ready. Get ready. Um, settle so, in, people. Settle in. Settle in. So we discussed, discussed a ban on uh, new natural gas hookups in commercial and residential buildings. As some of you may know, uh, cities in the West Coast, like Berkeley uh, and where other West Coast cities have, uh, you know, are doing these bans uh, with restrictions. And we have some challenges in Massachusetts, which we discussed uh, in last term, which basically are, are twofold. It seems that the state regulates building codes and gas utilities. And if local ordinances or bylaws interfere with state regulations, state laws will uh, take uh Precedence. Mm. It's the preemption doctrine, <laughs> I oh, think. Okay, smarty pants. <laughs> so, but California, in, in comparison, allows municipalities to set local building codes that have higher energy efficiency standards than the state codes. So, it's it's we're in in that in that um, in that situation. So, we as a council, we heard from our uh, solicitor back then uh, about the legality of gas bans by municipalities uh, and how it would hinge on the attorney general and also the courts and how they inter interpret interpret the new local laws and whether they'd be viewed as conflicting or uh, separate from existing state laws so at that meeting uh we while i did vote to move it out of ordinance i said that i there needs to be stakeholder meetings mm -hmm. and, a, and a process put into place before we vote any vote on anything and so that ordinance report, which you can talk about and get passionate about, uh, was before us on Monday, Monday night. night. Yep. So, yeah, as the only person who voted against moving this out of ordinance, I appreciate that the you know that this was tabled until we kind of figure out some of this stuff. Both you know, really meeting with stakeholder groups, especially frontline communities and um, labor unions, but also trying to figure out with the attorney general and with some right. of the. Um, the city solicitor trying to figure out just you know this ordinance my my feeling was this ordinance kind of got cut and pasted from the ordinance that berkeley california passed um which california as you described has a different regulatory environment and the way that they um municipalities are able to do certain things uh they also have a different climate than we do and they have different things you know most people are using air conditioning for example versus heating their homes with, you know, natural gas or oil. So we had not had a thoughtful conversation so far. And in fact, a few, you know, members of the public during public comment um, on Monday night reference exemptions that um, don't even currently exist in the ordinance. Like one woman was like, you know, there are exemptions in this ordinance for restaurants and backup generators. And I was like, there, there aren't. <laughs> so Brookline just passed their ban on natural gas, but they had over 30 meetings to discuss their exemptions, which were numerous. So they exempted labs, restaurants, home renovations, backup generators, new residential buildings over 10,000 square feet with a centralized hot water system and more. So it is critical to have these stakeholder meetings to come together with a bold plan, right? We need to address climate change, but that also works for Cambridge. So I thank you to you for suggesting holding these uh, stakeholder meetings in the next week and months. Uh, I had the opportunity actually to chat with Senator Markey this weekend, and we spoke about the Green New Deal, and he talked about the coalition that he's formed with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and what he called frontline communities who will be most impacted by climate change effects 
as well as the labor unions who we need to be thoughtful about transitioning them to green energy skills. It really struck me that um, a lot of the environmental protection organizing in Cambridge is missing that coalition factor with the frontline communities who are focused on social and racial justice and also the labor unions. So I hope that we use this issue and opportunity to form that type of green justice coalition that's really outlined in critical piece of the Green New Deal that um, Senator Markey and Alexandria are working on. Did you say, I just did that. I was like, Senator Markey, I used his whole name. Yeah. And I just called her Alexandria, like, hmm, mm. I have to examine that. Okay, mm. so Senator Markey mm-hmm. and, and Congresswoman, Congresswoman. Ocasio-Cortez um, and how they're, they're working on that sort of green justice coalition and bringing together that, those type of stakeholders here in this conversation. What I didn't want to happen is we defined the stakeholders as the universities or the development community, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we miss out that opportunity to involve our labor community and those frontline communities that should be part of this conversation. Absolutely. I am excited about this. I think uh, not only the climate perspective, but a safety perspective. You know, look at what happened in Lawrence. Yep. Look at... Um, you know, the the issues that have come up with um, having gas, reliance on gas infrastructure. So, And think, not just here. I think Councilor right. Zondervan brought that up, and he's brought it up over and over. It's not just about our safety. It's about the safety of um, people who are working with fracked gas, the environment, exactly. and, and places that we haven't been are, and aren't in every day. So right, it's right. A, important to think about the whole pipeline. Yeah, exactly. So more to come on that. Uh, the, so that's the city council I didn't council even get meeting. heated. You didn't. I'm surprised. (laughs) Um, So the city council meeting wrap up. There's a lot more, but uh, it was my second meeting that I chaired. So you did great. Thank you. I think I'm going to do that every week. Good job. Please. I need it. I need it because I'm up there (laughs) sweating and hungry because I'm too nervous to eat before going up. Mm. And anyway, Mm. I'm going to work on that. Uh, So I also had a school committee meeting on Tuesday night. So there's a lot happening with the schools. And so over the weekend and last week, there were community meetings. Uh, and you around the budget on the run on mm-hmm. the budget and um, getting input uh, mm-hmm. from f- from staff and then also parents and so it was the first time uh, the school administration has decided to do sc- like community meetings uh, and you went to the one on Saturday I did uh, and uh, I had a high school student at my table yes you did I did I had like I had a I had a really good table yeah and so th- on Tuesday we ca- we discussed uh, there was a basically a, f- a representation about the themes that came up from these two oh. meetings. And I shared uh, the link in the communication for this week's agenda, okay. as well as the raw notes that were taken. So really raw notes, which include uh, nitty gritty details mm-hmm. about uh, the, you know, if it's language services, it's uh, we want to make sure that we are not making our young people translate. Right. For yeah. That came up at our, at our table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of other issues that came up. I've what I've been trying to do is communicate the school committee work through communications on the school uh, on the city council agenda, so my colleagues can p- can participate and ask questions. And you've been wonderful uh, about helping me uh, with the the all, all the school committee uh, things that are going on. We have a I have a retreat tomorrow. Uh, nine to That's one exciting. p.m. So what does that mean? So we'll be talking about a lot of things. So, so it's just the school committee, uh, yeah, and, and administrators. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many, but uh, it's going to be. A, is it open to the public? It, it is open to the public. Okay. Uh, it's but a, no public comment. No public comment. Okay. No votes. We'll be going over. We'll be going over the district plan. We'll be going over just school committee norms and school committee rules. Oh. The role of subcommittees. We have a really new school committee, so it's it's there's a lot of questions. So when I was working in the mayor's office, yeah. I actually chaired the the like r- the norms 
committee. You did. I did. So all the norms that you see. Oh, wow. To work on well, them. we have to talk about that because yeah, yeah offline. Because you're like, they, they're terrible. No, 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 no one, you know, knows what they are. No one I has know. used them. So it was one of those things where we're like, we did this whole thing and then we passed it. And then I was like, is like, are they going to print them out? Are they going to, right. How are we going to, how are we going to telegraph this every meeting exactly yeah. yeah and so a conversation about that a conversation about sub committees conversation also uh the beb the building equity bridges yes. team will okay. come in oh good uh, okay. and kind of just do a brief overview of so their work a four-hour meeting yes okay uh it's going to be fast-paced it seems uh, like it yes and uh then we'll have a you know planning session uh conversation about the retreat that we want to plan with beb and building equity bridges team. that was the thing that um Ms. Rachel yes. and Ms. Wilson put in the week before? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so there's a lot going on with that. I've, it's been, I, I've, I've actually, I've really enjoyed doing it so far. It's a challenge. Mm -hmm. You uh, love it, a challenge. I, yeah. I love a challenge, but I, it's gotten me, I'm learning a lot of new things. And, you know, since it's such a new team, I like being able to really be the leader and help people uh, get to know each other and, and learn learn together i think you're so good at that i think that's like one of the things thank i you. love about you thank you um is that you're willing to actually like ask those questions like hey i probably should know this but you know what i mean i think right you set up an environment and the atmosphere where it's like okay to not know something right and i think that's the biggest danger when you're trying to set policy is like not asking those those questions because you don't you exactly. don't know the answer and you don't think you should ask and yeah anyway Great job Thank so you. far. I look forward to the outcome of that. I um, will be on babysitting duty. Yes, for <laughs> will for Miss Weinstein. Miss <laughs> Rachel. Um, so speaking of our kids, last week I had the opportunity to accompany some of our Cambridge Youth Council members to the Massachusetts State House to testify on behalf of the Empower Act, um, which would allow municipalities to lower the voting age in municipal elections if they should choose to. In recent years, seven municipalities in the state of Massachusetts have sent home rule petitions to the state legislature seeking approval to lower the voting age for their local elections to 16 or 17. However, none of the home rule petitions have been ever brought to a vote. In Cambridge alone, we have sent home rule petitions uh, to lower the voting age in local elections twice, the first time in 2002 and the next in 2006. So that's where Mayor Siddiqui got her start <laughs> <laughs> in 2002 and 2006. Oh, was, you did both. I did both. I was involved okay. in both efforts. No wonder you're like, oh, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So we went, we spoke. It was pretty awesome. The, the kids did a great mm -hmm. job. We were a actually able to kind of go in first because uh, Senator uh, Representative Decker was able to get us in to sit and, um, and testify pretty early. And then we could hang back and see who else testified which was awesome. Um, and then on Monday night's agenda, this coming Monday night, working with the Youth Council, we have a third home rule legislation <laughs> seeking to lower the voting age to 16 that we will vote on to send to the legislature Monday night. So personally, I see this as a logical next step um, to lower the voting age. After the implementation of a full civics curriculum in our state in this past school year, so the emphasis on civics education has been to ensure that our young people understand how government works. Um, you know, how to engage in a civil discourse, how to present logical reasoning with supportive evidence, um, and an understanding of the connections between federal, state, and local policies, especially those that might impact the student schools or um, their community. So last year in Cambridge, 
having a high schooler know this, um, our high school students as part of their new civics curriculum embarked on a project to become informed about our local elections. They poured over candidate websites. Mm -hmm. They wrote impassioned op-eds for the school newspaper. They invited candidates for debates and asked really tough questions. And then they held a school-wide election. I would have to say that these young people had a far greater grasp on who was running for office, what their platforms were, than many of our residents. You know, I knocked on a lot of doors. A lot of people were like, when's the election? Are you on the city council? Um, But our students are particularly invested in who's elected to the school committee, as those elected members will ultimately be making decisions uh, that affect them directly, decisions about school policies and procedures, goals and outcomes. So granting our 16 and 17-year-olds the right to vote in local elections would allow for these young people to be further invested if they were granted the right to fully participate in our elections, not just study them. Yeah, and this legislation will not only continue to further the civics education of our students, but it's going to create lifelong voters in each city, town, and state they move to throughout their lives. Mm -hmm. And Civic engagement through voting is a lifelong commitment. The earlier these young people establish a pattern of voting, the the, the more it will become a reflex. Uh, So we really uh, hope the Elections Committee passes the Empower Act favorably out of committee and empowers our young people to participate fully in civic life and ensure lifelong engaged voters in a strong democracy. Uh, and if they don't, you know, maybe third time is a charm. <laughs> the home rule, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had an ordinance meeting last night on the Harvard Square rezoning petition. Uh, so this update in zoning is going to do a couple of things. The, pro- the proposed changes include expanding the opportunities for retail that's already allowed in the BB district, which is the heart of uh, Har- Harvard Square. On side streets, Mount Auburn Street, Bow Street, and Iroh Street, granting um, FAR, floor area ratio. Um, so with some exceptions. Yes, yes, with some <laughs> exceptions. Yes, yes. Like, so cannabis yeah. um, is not going to be allowed, massage parlors, and mortuaries. I was upset about the mortuaries. No, <laughs> I figured you might be a yeah. leftover. I thought you might object <laughs> yeah. to the amendment. So I I was such, so annoying last night with, it was not an amendment, but I was like, can we please capitalize this S? Oh, I know. You know, it's like a, a you know, it's a zoning petition that's going to sail through when people are like, can we just capitalize this one thing? <laughs> it's the contract attorney in me. I know. Uh, so this zoning also allows uh, zoning for developers renting retail spaces less than 1500 square feet limiting storefront space to 25 uh, inches of 25 feet feet uh, of uh, frontage uh, for banks and amending zoning language to allow for greater density and uh, less parking requirements so it also will add a density bump for residential as long as it complies with the harvard square conservation district design guidelines yeah and it also updated something fun that i like to talk about it the fast food amendment by allowing them as of right provided that it's not a formula business. So our zoning defines formula businesses if it shares at least two of the following three characteristics with 10 or more establishments in Massachusetts or within 20 or more establishments. So a trademark, service mark, or logo. Um, Also a standardized building architecture, including but not limited to facade design and signage. And lastly, a standardized color scheme used throughout the exterior of the establishment including the color associated with signs and logos. So it's like if you think of like McDonald's, Chipotle, Target, those are all considered formula businesses. Yeah. But where it kind of was, you know, like flour, mm-hmm. right, as a local business. Yep. But they're getting up there in this kind of numbers and like how many wh- they have. Like yeah. McDonald's is different right, than flour. Right, right, right. Um, it's also um, taken the recommendations of the Harvard Square Conservation District Study Committee that has taken place over the last several years to look at the square. And Charlie Sullivan uh, from the Historical Commission last night, uh, had been leading that committee, and their final report will be coming out soon. 
90 pages. I know. I was a little bit. I thought Counselor Claire was going to make us talk about those 90 know, pages at 7.30 last night. I was we were like, like mm. I haven't even eaten dinner. <laughs> okay. I know. I looked over at staff and I was like, oh, <laughs> we're all like, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> Counselor Simmons was like, mm, nope. She was ready to speak <laughs> in the mic. <laughs> no. um, well, you know, I think this this was like a real collaborative effort with right. all the groups in Harvard Square. I did have some issues with the removing of a parking fund. Um, so it was it specifically provides funding from developers to buy out of parking requirements in Harvard Square by not only not allowing them to receive the full 100% of development on their lot. So unless bef- you know before last night or until we are doing this, unless they created parking or paid into the fund, developers could only get 80% of what the zoning would allow. So this fund was originally concepted to create public parking, but since the city has specific goals around limiting car traffic, the fund. Um, for example, mostly recently received $2 million payment from the Abbott building from Regency, um, which is where like Curious George, where there's just like a big hole in the ground right now. Yep. These funds are gonna be used to be make improvements to Mass Ave Crosswalk and do placemaking in Harvard Square. So the petition removes this entirely and the planning board, um, when they reviewed this, asked us to be thoughtful about rethinking this fund and how it could be transformed uh, to be a powerful tool to create some of the more some of the other improvement ideas in the section, including improvements to public parks, restoration of historic structures, surface improvements in Harvard Square, like brick sidewalks, street lights, furniture, as well as those placemaking and maybe other things like public art. I don't know. So I feel like we just left a bunch of cash on the table. So I'm thinking about that. You know, as an argument mm-hmm. for the removal of the fund, the petitioner mentioned that this fund was prior to linkage fees, and that is a mitigation that's still given to the city. Um, and it is, but linkage fees are specifically for affordable housing and that only. So in Harvard Square, when we're having, we're having all these conversations about a sense of place and reviving it, um, we should be looking for opportunities to have developers chip in for improvements and art, placemaking. I mean, sorry, but Regency can afford $2 million in, in a parking fund, and so can other developers. So, Yeah, and I think the, the density increases that will come as a result is going to benefit their bottom line. Right. And they'll be making more money. So uh, so I think, yeah, that is, it was difficult. It seems that the petitioner said if we don't remove this, then he felt that it the, the petition would fall apart. Um, uh, and he also said that most everyone he talked to or most people who were behind this petition, this was their sticking point. So, yeah, it was we were in a t- tough spot, but I'm, I'm really glad you brought you had you were really i think on the on the money there on the so, money left on the, the table left on the table <laughs> yeah so that that was uh last night last night uh, and it's friday it's friday oh happy yes, friday yes, everybody yes. so we have some upcoming meetings we want to tell you about yes yeah, so uh tuesday night february 4th from 6 30 to 8 30 the dcr mount auburn street corridor study public meeting is going to be happening um at the Haggerty school on cushing street in the cafeteria the purpose of this meeting is to present the design for the improvement to the Mount Auburn and Fresh Pond Parkway intersection moving into construction in 2020. I will be there. Yes, you will. I will. I'll be meeting with um, some members of the Shady Hill School. Great. Who have some specific concerns beforehand. So uh, see you there, everybody. Thank you for going. Wednesday night uh, at 5.30, we have the Alexander Real Estate and the Grand Junction Path Overlay Zoning. For the last time, I hope. Yes, yes. Uh, and we hope to hear some good news about the Eversource uh, location on Folkerson Street and hopefully make a decision. Let's see. Yeah, we'll Let's see, see what Let's happens. See. Um, okay, so small business hours at Inspectional Services. This is exciting. Beginning yes. on Feptem- 
September. <laughs> mm, okay. February. Beginning on Feb. Fe- I almost did it again. February 3rd. <laughs> On the first Monday of every month from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m., the inspectional services counter at 831 Mass Ave. CDD's economic development staff will be available to assist Cambridge small business owners and entrepreneurs with finding a location, applying for a small business grant, accessing small business resources, and answering questions about licenses and permits. No registration is required. And for more information on CDD's uh, business assistance, you can visit cambridgema.gov cdd slash econdev slash small business assistance. This is really going to be helpful. A lot of our small businesses have asked for something like this. Yes. And finally, the third annual Warm Hearts for Warm Feet Wool Sock Drive is going to be held from February 3rd through the 14th. Valentine's Uh, Day. Yes. So my office, the Vice Mayor's office, the Cambridge City Council, and the Cambridge Police Department are conducting the drive in collaboration with Casper and Bay Cove Human Services to aid those in our community who are experiencing homelessness this winter. Uh, you can drop off new pairs of wool socks to Cambridge City Hall uh, or the Cambridge Police Headquarters at 125 6th Street. I mean, we're in a competition, so please drop please. them off at City Hall. I shouldn't even said the police. <laughs> so a single pair of wool socks can be so important to a homeless neighbor living outdoors during these really frigid winter months. And each pair of socks that a member of Casper Street Outreach Team hands out can also be a lifeline. Uh, it's that initial connection with the staff that can lead to a person to our shelter uh, where they can gain access to additional services and care and then get on a path uh, to safe and permanent housing. I actually saw a video that Caspar and Bayco put together. They run the shelter over on Albany Street um, where they videotaped. Mm-hmm. Part of the video was the, their street outreach team yeah. using the socks to get people to come into shelter, like socks and a bo- you know, bottle of water. And they were saying like sometimes it takes like five, seven, right. 30 times to go out with a bottle of water or cereal bar and socks but like people come in and so i to me that was really really powerful and i'm glad we're doing this again i think last year we did we get over two thousand pairs think of so. socks and we both went through them remember sitting and we were in the oh city hall i oh know <laughs> we were like literally counting literally like chi- counting chicken it. scratch counting <laughs> i kept messing up <laughs> uh, oh my god so i actually i just stopped by hilton's tent city yes here in central square hopefully they will be participating again mm-hmm. last the last two years they have been um, if you go in and buy a pair of socks, wool socks there, they will give you 20% off and they're actually a collection spot as well. Yeah. And so as our longtime listeners know, we uh, started this drive uh, right when we started office in 2018 and we, after we'd visited the shelter uh, and realized the crucial need. It's so funny because I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So we started like January 1st. Yeah. And then we had this up and running mid-January, uh, mid-February. Right, February, yeah. So like we must... We were like, we're just like, we already had the podcast week because we had the idea on the podcast. And then we invited, yes, uh, Superintendent Elo. And then we were like, challenged her. Yeah. Oh, we need a new guest. Yeah. uh, We totally do. That all happened in like less than six weeks. We were on it. So good. Hashtag great team. Um, So, yes, wool socks, drop them off, please. There's an Amazon wish list. And I've been tweeting it, but I will continue to do so. All right. So, that was it. That was it. We will hopefully, we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.